Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheet. So hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Daft Sheet. Uh, this week, the faction that we've been creating over the last wee while between Stephen Loach, Craig DL, Andy Ross and everything, we're, uh, we've got a new member joining us this week and that is Gavin Maxwell. Gav, how are you this evening, mate? Uh, I'm doing good, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here sitting here with a nice refreshing drink, getting ready to talk about wrestling. Nothing's better than that, yeah. You can't beat it on a Tuesday night. Cannot beat it at all. Uh, and joining Gav on the daft sheet this week is a uh, regular contributor and uh, Money in the Bank attendee, uh, Lewis McNaughton. Lewis, how's your week been? Good, mate. Good. All right, ready for my weekly dose of daftness. Good stuff, good stuff. I think that's what some of our listeners have kind of been missing the last week. Well, obviously, uh, we're two doors down filming and John uh, producing Super Scoreboard now and Rab uh, cutting promos and Andrew Tate. Don't know if you, you saw that on, on Twitter the other day there. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the, the main show has been uh, been off air for a couple of weeks. Hopefully it'll be back soon. Hopefully it'll be back at some point. I know that that John's uh, new job uh, will maybe be uh, making a bit of a struggle to get the main show coming. Uh, and some of the stuff that we're talking about uh, later on in tonight's show may also play a factor in the, the future of the daft sheet, uh, the, the main show uh, as well. Uh but uh, nonetheless, we are here to fill the daft sheet, fill our fictional uh, dirt sheet with the best news and matches and gossip and everything else that you can think of with wrestling uh, from the past week. Now, Gav, uh, before we came on air, uh, we were talking about how uh, we uh, are friends from quite a while ago. We used to work together in the, the, the O2 shops across Glasgow. And that led me to think, what would be the, the ideal icebreaker, the ideal kind of entry for the coming into the daft sheet? So the question that I have for you there, Gav, is you've got the jail for whatever reason, whatever you get up to uh, that your wife and, and your uh, your kids disapprove of and it's put you in the clink. You've got one phone call to make on your Nokia N97 uh, or your, your Palm Pre. <laughs> Or whatever whatever phones it is that we used to uh, to to bump folk off with uh, back in the day. Uh, who are you using that phone? Which wrestler are you phoning to get you out of your particularly tricky predicament? A Pam Pre is a blast from the past. That is a, a phone and a half. Um, <laughs> I uh, so I thought long and hard about this, um, and I, I thought right, who would I want? To, who would I want to have my back? Um, if I get into trouble, so you're thinking like, need somebody that's uh, that's clever, that's kind of you know got some wits about them and stuff. And uh, I, I ended up settling on the devil's favourite demon, Glenn Jacobs himself. Um, <laughs> so I kind of thought, right, why why would I pick why would I pick Kane? Um, and I just think like you know, guy looks good in a suit, like he knows how to politic, like he's he's got that way about him. 
Uh, if you turned up in court with him and he was like there by your side, he's quite intimidating. He's got a bit of experience with the law because of the Katie Vick stuff and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, if the shit hit the fan, then uh, it could just like turn into Kane and then that'll be it. He'd just destroy everybody. So, yeah, I'd definitely, I'd definitely go with Glenn Jacobs. It's a good shout. And obviously with his uh, his political uh, stances now as well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine he'd be able to pull some strings in regards to getting you out of the... Uh, the slam up as well. Uh, what about you, Lewis? Uh, you've got one phone call and one phone phone call only to uh, to get you out, and your your missus is is not available. Which wrestler <laughs> is it that you're uh, you're going to? Uh, I don't know, man. My missus would probably get me in mere shit if I phoned her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was thinking two routes here. First one, nice and simple, somebody that can can do their best to get you out of there. I'd say probably, not so much a wrestler, but if I'm allowed to say this, Paul Heyman. Um, yes. Get yep, myself, he'd, he'd get good, myself good a little show. advocate. Yeah, get myself a little advocate. Um, wise man. He can speak to speak to everyone, uh, do my piece, and hopefully sooner rather than later we get out of there. But then I thought on the other hand, I went, who, if I'm going to stop you for a while, who would help me? Who would know their know their shit about the jail? And I thought Jimmy Uso. Um, That's he's had his. I was between him or Jeff Hardy, but I thought I don't know. Keep it relevant. Uh, Jimmy Uso has been in there enough. Um, he's got about three hundred and sixty-two DUIs to his name, um, and somehow he still appears on SmackDown the next day. So he probably. <laughs> could either teach me in the jail or the way to get out of it because he doesn't seem to be in trouble for very long before he's back on the screen. So uh, there's two different choices for me. That, that, that's a, a good mix. Uh, I, I would have thought uh, when he's with just went for a million dollar man, get him to bail you out. No, it's not into him. He's not got him. money, has he? Like it's oh, oh, he holds, well, million it's dollar man when he was, back, back in the day when he was uh, when he was kicking basketballs away for wee boys thought he went a hundred dollars. Uh, that kind of that, that version of the million dollar man would go with that. I did that to my daughter the other week there as well, and she hated me for it. She absolutely hated me for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I even showed her the video beforehand, and I was like, "Evie, if you can bounce that 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 football fifteen times, <laughs> I'll give you a fiver." And she got to fourteen, and I just volleyed it Peter K style at the garden. <laughs> uh, so she, so I was not the the I was not the the dad of the year on that day. Uh, but going from not being dad of the year to filling the stories of the week into our newspaper. Uh, for regular listeners, you'll know the, the shtick. Uh, if you're just joining us now, where have you been? Where have you been for six weeks? Uh, we are filling the daft sheet, our fictional dirt sheet, uh, with the, the best news for the, the the biggest news of the week for the front page, the best match of the week for the back page, the most titillating gossip for page three, uh, and the television pages as well. And we'll be chucking in a wee centrefold tribute to the late great Adrian Street later on as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, we've got a full show to be filling the sheet with, and we're going to start with the front page. So Gavin, as it's your first uh, first appearance on the show, we're going to come to you. What has been the biggest uh, wrestling news story of the week for you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's it's the one that I've, I'm kind of the most interested in at the moment as to where it's gonna go and it's Punk revealing this this idea of him having the real title um on collision. Um which I find I just find quite fascinating really. Like I'm I'm like 
how how are they going to work this? How how's this going to how's this going to play out? Like, I really hope, I really hope that there's not an idea that it's it happens at all in. Weirdly, I'm going to all in, right? So, oh, very good. Uh, obviously, it'd be amazing to. In fact, I'm I'm bizarrely sitting in the same section as Rab because when Rab tweeted that he got tickets, he's in he's in the exact same section as me. <laughs> um, but so I'm kind of constantly kind of thinking about what's going to happen at all in and who's who's going to be fighting, and I really hope, I really hope they don't they don't stick Punk and MGF together in a match at all in. Um, I think that's going to be a real, uh, a real waste of of the potential that this storyline's got. Mm. Um, one of the things that I've I've thought of for quite a while is that I feel like AEW is missing it's missing a saga. It needs a saga, and mm-hmm. you've had these kind of these fights that have gone on between different factions and and, and different um, like stars, but they've never really had. They've never really had a lot of like length to them, um, and I think there's a no- there's a number of reasons why that happens. It's either people are getting injured because they're all leathering each other every single week, or uh, they're getting suspended. <laughs> so there's like a weird thing where people just there's there's not that kind of length of of uh, them being uh, available to kind of build these big storylines. But when you look at something like the Bloodline. And how long that's ran for, and how they've—it's had ups and downs, and they've they've strung it out. And when you've thought that it's going to be, they're doing it too much. They kind of reinvent it slightly and keep it going. And it's been a, it's been a brilliant piece of storytelling. And I just think that AEW needs something like this. So to to do anything with with Punk and MGF all in, I think it's a mistake. I think those two titles need to sit for quite a while separate and that storyline needs to build and build and build there's an interesting thing that you, you you see with punk he always mentions maxwell but um mgf never mentions punk uh, and it's probably a little bit got to do with um i mean mgf's kind of in a, a a place right now where he's not really doing any kind of pipe bombs or anything like this mm-hmm. that's not really his thing he's not doing those kind of promos but it's like he's just completely ignoring uh, punk and punk's the one that's kind of keeping that connection alive slightly. Um, you know, when you think about it, they've got a trilogy to kind of finish off um, in AEW, and I think they push that for as long as possible. And I, I just love this whole idea of punk revealing that. I mean, it was funny him carrying that wee bag around with him for ages, <laughs> like his wee red bag, um, and him like, pulling it out. And the funny thing was, see when he did it, it wasn't smooth either. He kind of struggled to get it out the out the bag so it was it was kind of half revealed and then he eventually kind of popped it out Aye. um but he uh yeah i think that see they see the drawn the x on it and everything like that you know it was a wee bit of a i kind of look back to nwo and stuff like that and it just felt it just it, it just felt like the start of something yeah uh, even though there's there's kind of a bit of background in that kind of kind of storyline but yeah, that that's been the biggest thing for me. He's actually like from when he came back, this is the first thing that you've seen him do where he kind of acknowledges the title being his mm-hmm. and he's carrying the title and it's like where's that going to go? So, that's that's my pick for the front page this week. I, it's definitely the most intriguing thing or one of the most intriguing things coming out of of Collision just now, you know, 
I think I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the the change of pace that Collision has compared to to Dynamite. Uh, I like the roster that they've got there. Uh, you know, it's very rare you're getting people coming in for one match and then away again. You know, they seem to be focused on building the, the the characters and stuff that they have. And Punk introducing the <clears throat> the the old world's title into the mix. You know, it's almost you know kind of making it that a, a separate entity. Of a show altogether, the fact that it's now going to have its own championship, or at least we expect it would. Uh, so it's it's very very uh, intriguing. I think is the the right word. Maybe overused it in the last couple of senses, but it's, it's it's the right word in terms of where they're going to go with it. And I, I've got a bit of a fear, same as you, Gav, in terms of are they going to shoot their load too soon uh, on it? In terms of hot shot and a, a storyline for for all in or even all out. Uh, between MGF and uh, and Punk for the what we expect would be the unification and stuff, but I think there's a lot of fun to be had with Punk running about with the the the, the big X uh, belt, I suppose. Uh, Can you imagine, but- right? So think about this. I I don't know. I can't think of whether it's been done before in a storyline where they've had the same title um, split. I mean, part of me yeah. thinks maybe when they had the brand split in WWE that they've done that. But, uh, I think they've done it with um, CM Punk before. Uh, Punk and Cena. Did they? Yeah, CM Punk left at Money in the Bank 2011, um, came back three days later, or a week and a half later with the title. So yeah, that right, went. Yeah. That was a shitstorm, but they, they hot-shotted that one, so hopefully, like you're saying, they, they've learned from that maybe and gives a bit more of a compelling story with this one. Can you imagine, I've, though, like if you've got somebody that's like... Becomes like a number one contender that they end up fighting both of them, aye, uh, or something like that. Like they could, they could really play with this and really kind of make, like, make a big thing out of the different contenders that they fight against and stuff like this. I, I, I think there's there's loads of legs in it, but yeah, the worry is that all ends getting bigger and bigger, and they're going to want obviously the biggest stars there, and it's like I'm just worried that that's where they're going to. That's where they're going it's getting to aim. closer and closer as well, isn't that? Mm. I'll talk. I'll talk about that kind of later on because that's that's really worrying me. But um, it's just. I think it's great. I think it's it's a great way to bring him back and to um, to kind of give him that gravitas. I'm not a big CM Punk fan, um, and do you know what? There's not really a reason for it. <laughs> I just. Honestly, I, I I don't know what it is. Like, I don't I don't necessarily dislike him. I just don't, you know, some some like characters you just don't connect with, and he's Aye. just a guy that I just don't connect with. Um, but yeah, I, I love the fact that they've kind of they've kind of kept him at that elevated position. I mean, he is the figurehead really um, of uh, of Collision, and he seems to have done quite a lot behind the scenes with trying to trying to kind of get guys to step their game up and stuff like that and kind of pull the show forward. So ah, it's, um, it's been evident that he's not just, you know, had this show built around him and just decided, you know what, I'm the star, fuck everybody else. You can tell you can tell that he has he is having input in all the matches, the booking and stuff. And even at the at the end of the Better Than You Baby and FTR match, you could see him sticking his head down the, the screen. There was like a few videos going about of that, you know, that he was in pretty much whatever they call Gorilla. Uh, in AW, you know, making you know happy to see uh, FTR coming back through and whatnot. So it, it does seem to be very hands on. I mean, one one thing that that uh, might also be the case if if Starks wins the title on Saturday night, you know, 
what does that is that maybe so is, is that maybe a redemption arc before we get to the the unification? Starks wins it, holds it for the wee while. Punk wins it back off him, and then that's when you take it to to MGF. I mean, what would that be? What, what's after all in? What's the is it all out? Oh, I, there's all in, all out, and then what's the what's the next pay per view that they normally do towards the end of the year? Uh, double oh, or nothing. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, no, I thought double or nothing's earlier on. It's uh, is it Revolution? That that's that's in January or February time. Anyway, whatever the next pay per view is or the big event, because you know how they have like uh, Winter is coming and Fight for the Fallen and Fighter yeah. Fest and all those kind all of things. Belts. But no, they wouldn't put Punk in Battle of the Belts. But Battle of the Belts <laughs> is a dreadful, dreadful show. <laughs> I think uh, I think they've, they've had seven seven Battle of the Belts so far, and only two titles two have changed. Two title changes, yeah. That's mad. I've uh, fun- seen AEW. They got a funny thing with like naming stuff. Like, hmm. It's like they they name things to see if it sticks sometimes, and then see if it doesn't. You just kind of forget about it. Like, uh, they've got the show, was it the show in, um, this week? Is that the, the 200th episode of Aye. Dynamite? So it's called like Dynamite 200. Mm-hmm. And they they just kind of come up with these kind of marketing <laughs> things like all the time. And you're like, <clears throat> all right, okay. It's, it can get like a little bit kind of messy in terms of where the, where the kind of standout bits are. Uh, with Aye, them, I think. A lot of that, I think, comes to do with them being on TNT or TBS as well, because like the yeah. like Blood, Blood and Guts sponsored by Shark Week. Uh, like there, there was a good tie-in uh, when you had Excalibur midway through the match talking about the the uh, the US Red Cross and donating blood while John Moxley's getting kicked in the teeth by a bushy. Um, it was uh, it was quite. It was a, a bit partridge. You know, <laughs> now when Partridge does the thing where he, where he goes, I, I'm contractually obliged to say this, uh, and he'll give you some sort of like mild uh, product uh, placement type thing. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the, there's one for Mid Morning Matters, which is brilliant, where uh, he's got a guy uh, that's uh, talking about committing suicide, but it's during a traffic report time, and Partridge admits to uh, knocking down a horse, uh, in his earlier years, but it's happened like on this motorway that's blocked at that time. And the guy's like, "Are you doing the news? And are you doing the traffic during <laughs> during my suicide attempt?" It's brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the last thing I was going to say on the the punk thing: uh, Are you one of the, these people that have been online this week uh, looking far too much into the positioning of where they did the X on the on the championship belt? No. What's no. the significance of that? So obviously, going through the middle of the belt, you get AEW, and the X went right through the E, which stands for Elite, uh, which uh, a big section of the, the virgins on Twitter uh, are saying is a dig at uh, Mr. Nick and Mr. Matt on the other side. But that's that. That's going to constantly happen. <laughs> They've been bigging it up this week with, um, what's his name, Colt Cabana, on uh, being the Elite. He's like basically doing doing being the elite this week, and, and there's going to be stuff going back and forth all, all the right. time between them, and people are going to look for that at every um, every point. And you know what? Like, I think that's fine. Like that'll eventually that will run its course, and something will happen with that. But it is just absolutely not the right time to even start to build that up. I don't think. I think there's far too many other interesting threads that are going on in AEW. Even need to bother with that, but I'm, I'm um, calling it now. Uh, Blood and guts next year. 
it'll be uh, the elite against uh, FTR, uh, CMFTR, and another couple of guys for Collision. That that's you. Need, they need to build that up. You know, you've got your warring factions on either side of the, the divide there, and blood and guts. I think would be a, an ideal way to to for them to bring it all together, and then you can have all the offshoots there. But that's that's for the year's time to talk about that. Uh, Lewis, we'll come to you now. What would you say would be a rival story to uh, to uh, Punk uh, and his the old world championship? I'd say um, probably a longer a longer running storyline than the bloodline has to be Grado's road to AEW. <laughs> um, it's fitting. It's fitting that it's on this podcast. However, I was at my work yesterday. Just the radio was on, and I heard them speaking about wrestling. And so I tuned in a little bit. I heard it was Jeff Jarrett, and then at one point the producer said, "You've got, you've got your pal Grado. You've got your pal Grado on the uh, on the sideline. So you want to bring him in?" So um, Grado comes in, starts chatting his, um, uh, starts chatting his spiel, and then Jeff Jarrett takes takes offence at him calling himself Guerrero called him his aunt reminded him of his auntie Jackie was it auntie Jackie or auntie someone and Jeff Jarrett just slaps him in the face and then hits him with a guitar um, and I don't know whether this is whether this is setting up a wee match is it what are your opinions is this do you think this is just a little promotional thing for the event as it is, or do you reckon Grado's got uh, got a wee word in there and he's going to manage to pop himself on the card somewhere? See, I, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, in in our bubble and in the Scottish media bubble, right? Grado is a massive star to for us and whatnot. Is he a big enough guy that the ones that listen to talk sport in England? Oh, you, you'd be a good a good gauge in this, Gav. When you were in England, you know, would would folk have been aware of how how important Grado has been to British wrestling over the last ten years? No, no. But see, I always find see when you get wrestlers interviewed on radio, it's like the uh, the presenters like. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Newsbeat? I don't know if Newsbeat still exists, but the way they used to report things was like as if they were reporting to a child, mm. and the way they used to like put information across was as if they were explaining it to a child. And you feel a bit like that when when a wrestler comes in at like a radio station or something like this, where they go and uh, they'll say, and, "and and the chairs are they, are they real when when you hit each other with them?" And they ask all <laughs> these like really fucking weird questions. Um, and it just feels like all a bit strange. Like, I, as much as it, it would be a, a glorious thing to see Grado uh, all in, I think the the card will be too stacked uh, for any room, unless it's like a walkout, like high to the crowd type thing. I, I, if you look at it, it starts. I think it starts at um, it's either seven or eight or something like that. It's quite, and, and it finishes. It's only like about a two or three hour show, so it's not. If you think about like how much they are going to put into that show, and how much they've got in terms of a roster, like I, I, I think they'll, they'll struggle. Uh, if anything, I think they might make a, um, they might make something an appearance at the Impact shows that are coming up. Uh, but it seems a bit early to be starting to link that out, doesn't it? Because that's mm-hmm. September. 
I think, you know, I, I would say Tony Tony Khan loves a battle with oil. So if there's a, a pre-show or a buy-in, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, I reckon there's, there's a good chance you get Grado on that. If Grado's going to be booked, I reckon that's it. What better way to get the crowd warmed up on the pre-show than by wow. having having Madonna belting it to 80,000-odd fans. Uh, if TK is willing to front up the money for the just for the pre-show on it, I suppose. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, Lewis. I, I think it is. I mean, in terms of the uh, the overall kind of presentation of the the bit on Talk Sport, as Gav was saying, you know, it's probably been all the, the awkward wrestling chat. But from, at the start of the, the promo, did you think it was going to end where we could all getting, getting clocked by a guitar? Or where, where did you see it going when you first started watching no, it? I, I thought it was just one of those things. Like that. It seemed as though they didn't really want... Um, I don't know if it was Grado didn't really want on it or Jeff Jarrow was like, no, no, no. I'm not going on it because he wasn't purely part of AEW. Um, but when that happened, I seemed it seemed as though when I looked back at it on on Jeff's facial expressions and Grado's reaction after it and all that, it wasn't just a wee jokey thing. Um, however, the talking about non-wrestling presenters presenting on wrestling, when he happened with the guitar, it was an absolute belting shot on a guitar and they started laughing. It's, if that was a promotional part, it was a pretty fucking dire effort from the presenters doing it. Um, but no, starting... Who uh, was starting, it? What show was it? It, it was on was Talk it Sport. Back. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you it was, but um, it was about, I don't know, it was about two o'clock, something like that, whoever's on at that time. Hawksby and Maybe Jacobs. Maybe a wee bit earlier. Would have been. Um, Aye, would have been. Aye, it's, it's Hawksby and Jacobs. Aye. Now, the, the, Aye, this but, is the thing, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the tweet that TalkSport put out on it. It said 1.4 million views, right? That's a lot of traction for... Momentum starting, <laughs> that's it. It's a, it's a lot of traction <laughs> for, for the, a, a tweet. AEW tweeted it out in their account as well. So great, though. Could, could, could we be seeing uh, uh, the, the boy for the tap end of Stevenson uh, walking out at the, the tap end of Wembley? The Battle Royale I think is a good a good shout. I definitely think that's a good shout. Like that, I, I can I can see that happening. Um, yeah, that that would be good. Uh, I just don't see uh, I don't see the point. Like I don't see the point of having that big promotional thing, adding Grado in and doing that. If if there's not going to be a wee back and forth between them or something during the show, even even like you're saying, Grado comes in, he makes his entrance in the Battle Royal before he even gets to the ring. Jeff Jarrett just comes behind him, smacks him with the guitar. You'd have that as being the you'd have you'd have him the Javit as being the the kind of the, the standout storyline in the battle royal, yeah, uh, sure. and then obviously uh, Grado wins the battle royal, goes on to uh, face Orange Cassidy for the international title on the main show, uh, and then uh, wins, and then he's the, the, the biggest darling, breaks the streak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. I bet I think match Cassidy against Grado. Be brilliant. Well, I think based on the fact that uh, we've not heard for Grado for a couple of weeks on the main show, he's getting you know 1.4 million views on Twitter for getting smashed in the head with a, with a box of a guitar. <laughs> uh, I think we need to make that the front page. I think it's got to be you know it's this this is his sort of home turf uh, with us. Uh, so Lewis, we're going to give you the front page with uh, oh, I've not come up with a uh, headline. Here we go. Uh, 
grade A promo brings grade O to AEW. We'll go with something like that for the headline. I thought I'd done something out earlier. But I just made that up, you and ChatGPT at the moment. <laughs> uh, not at the moment, no. Uh, not at the moment. Uh, but certainly I've just made that up there. Uh, but now I can come up with something better. Surely I can. Grade, grade A. Grade A Twitter engagement for grade O and double J. Like, we'll go with that. That's that's what we'll say it is. That's and good one. Uh, good one. It, as soon as I stop stumbling over puns, uh, we will move to the back page, uh, which is where we look at the best match of the week. Uh, Lewis, we'll come to you first on this one. What's been your pick of the in-ring action uh, from the past seven days? Uh, there's been a, there's been a, a decent amount of good action, to be honest. Uh, however, the one that stuck with me would be Hayes versus Dragunov. It's... It's been quite a quite a time of pretty. I wouldn't say average, but under underwhelming main events in NXT with two point and then obviously the Braun Breaker stuff. He's he's good, but you've not had that proper black and gold Gargano Champa Cole matches for a while there, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably one of the first matches that kind of brings it back to maybe a four or five star rating on the main event of that show uh, because it was intense with Dragunov, like his matches always are. There was athleticism, there was, uh, even from the entrances of Carmelo, he's, obviously he's, he's got a brilliant entrance and a brilliant sort of rapport with Trick Williams, but from the entrances in that match, he just felt like it was a, a big fight feel and the, the match delivered. It was it wasn't overly long, but it kept kept your interest throughout. There was high spots. They knew when to slow it down, and then when it got to the end, dragging off at his finisher, that big club and blow when they're on the ground, and mm. I thought that was it. And maybe controversial here, I I feel like that's probably a wrong decision to have him hit that considering how devastating it looks, how brutal that looks, and then have Carmelo Hayes kick out. But I, I suppose it added to the match. You can take it as you will. And then the, the finish came when Dragunov uh, jumped to the outside, missed Hayes, hit Trick Williams, and then I found it quite weird. Dragunov can take a lot of punishment, but as soon as that happened, he just stuck the head on Williams, and that was him. Got rolled back in the ring. Um, hit, Hayes hit his finisher one two three, but I don't know if you've seen the ending I don't know if either he's seen the ending but I'm not sure if he was supposed to hit a, Trick Williams had the belt in his hand I don't know if he was supposed to hit the belt sort of like what Emmett, um, MGF did with uh, Darby Allen where he landed on the belt that was Aye. him but yeah. yeah I thought how good the match was it was a bit of a strange ending to have Dragunov out like that but yeah I wouldn't say it took away from the match much it was still a proper classic. Now, I've not really watched NXT much since the the black and gold days, uh, the mm. the rainbow the rainbow days of two point uh, I I dipped in and out, but I was never a big fan. So it's been a while. Is is Carmelo Hayes? Is is he legit? Is he he's, he's somebody that you can him. see going up to the the, the main roster and, and doing well on the main roster? Yeah, he he's him. He's he's got this sort of aura about him. He's got this swag about him. And he backs it up in the ring. Right. Obviously, wrestling's not cool 
as many people would like to say, but yeah, he's he's a he's a cool guy and he he definitely backs up in the ring. And I'd say that he's definitely a WrestleMania main event in the future, as is Dragonov probably. If they're well, that, that's what's going to go on to there. SummerSlam. Yeah. With, with Dragonov, I mean, there's been talk of him sort of breaking all the the career kayfabe story that he's been in and joining Imperium if he has to if he has to go up. Is he still as as watchable and as real as he was back in the NXT UK days when he was, you know, taking horrific chops off a of, off a of Walter back then or has he has he changed any? You know, is he still that kind of really fired up maniac? Yeah. No, yeah, he he, he is. Um Maybe they've maybe they've dampened it down slightly with not as many chops. Obviously, Gunther's not in it, but the headbutts he throws and the, the clubbing fists and everything—it still is brutal to watch. It's, if if there was matches to show people to show that wrestling is competitive and is um, as hard hitting as some people don't think it is, it would be watching a Dragonov match. And I heard him in an interview. Was it? I don't know whether it was with Cultaholic or don't know if I'm allowed to name drop these on. Um, such a large wrestling podcast Um, (laughs) but yeah uh, I think they they had an interview with Dragunov and he said that on the Imperium stuff he's such a fiery intense guy that putting him in Imperium where they're quite mellow to get their job done nice and slow methodical wouldn't be a good fit so he said that he wouldn't want to be in there because it would kind of change his style and not fit. But I think even if he went out by himself, even had a match on the main roster against Gunther for the IC title or wherever Gunther might be in six months, would definitely work against each other just as well as it would with each other. Cool, cool. Now, wait, uh, from the, the brief wee bits of the Great American Bash that I've seen out with that, uh, Gable Stevenson had a bit of a, a, a shite debut, didn't he? Aye. Um, I was I was I was going to mention this because that was I, I didn't watch that the the main event, which was the the, the title match. I, I I watched it because I wanted to see Gable Stevenson or Steve Stevenson, um, and what he was like. I was I was quite surprised actually. That, uh, <laughs> see see the amount of times that he threw. Like belly to belly suplexes, and they looked like they were um, they were quite dangerous. I was I was Aye. really surprised at that. Like there was quite a few in there that I I thought were that looked like he, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, it was. Worth I, I, I've learned yeah. the hard way that there's uh, there, there's two ways you can go with belly to belly. You can e- you can either be the dangerous way and just have complete disregard for the other opponent, or you can be too safe and just make it look like you're riding them. Uh, and that that second option was how my belly to bellies uh, tended to come off. I think I I had in in the matches after that introduced it. I think I hit it the best in the the first ever time, and then every other one after that just looked like absolute dog shit. Uh, so there's a fine line to getting a belly to belly to look good, not just for you but for the your, your opponent as well. Uh, uh, but what was it you were going to say there, Lewis? Oh, sorry, yeah, I put um, you there. No, no. Um, he was, yeah. When you're on your your debut, I guess, especially of how anticipated it's been for him, it was quite of a disregard 
for Corbin's health on some of them. He he didn't really know fully when to release. Maybe he released a bit early. Corbin was just getting thrown up in the air. And especially the last one, I don't know if you've seen it, it was into, Corbin was running at him and he caught him and it was into the barricade, but he didn't even reach the barricade. Mm. He kind of hit the, was at the bottom, wasn't it? Yeah, he kind of hit the bottom of the barricade and it collapsed, and Corbin got trapped a little bit. But yeah, and in, in, in his whole debut, I don't know. The, the fans didn't really want him. Um, they were saying you're not angle. No, um, I think they could have come up with a better a bit as well. Yeah, they could have come up with a better one. Um, so I don't, I don't know how PG this is, but they could have brought. I don't know if you're going to tell you this, but they could have called him cunt angle. Um, I heard a few of them. I heard a few of them in the background. Um, they got bleeped fairly quickly. Um, but I feel as though I don't know. The fans can be quite diehard. Can be quite hardcore. He's a he's a young guy as well. You need to remember that he's not come directly from the performance center. He's he's done real wrestling before. You know, he's he he's got that sort of intuition and that that bit about him to just throw guys, you know. So he's probably probably been learning for the last two years how to do it safely and how to make it look real. And I don't know whether it just got the better of him during the show, but uh, the, the crowd didn't make it any easy for him. But, you know, I'm sure he'll get there. I, it's, I mean, NXT, we're, we're used to, or certainly I'm used to watching the black and gold where yeah. uh, a lot of the guys coming through the performance centre, other guys, that have, have, have been, they're, they're, they're not green. They're not green when they're coming in. Yeah. Uh, so this this kind of new batch, this kind of cookie cutter. I mean, that's maybe a bit harsh to say cookie cutter, but this one's where it's everybody's in the WWE mold uh, for coming through. Uh, my, my main issue with it is that there's nobody that I've really seen that, that's that's a standout. I mean, Braun Breaker, you know, he's got the the lineage and everything like that. He's looked good. Uh, Grayson Waller's surprised me since he's since he's been called up. That kind of thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited, and again, going back to, to NXT last week, I'm really excited to see uh, the the way that Lyra Valkyria is is progressing. Uh, I uh, have, over, over here in Belfast, before she gets signed, uh, I was lucky enough to, to work in a couple of shows that she was working on, either as a, a commentator or ring announcer. don't think I actually wrestled in any shows that she, she was on, but certainly, you know, of... I've I've been involved around that. I've you know I've I've driven up the venues and, and stuff like that as well. And to see where she's where she's came from, you know, in the PWU days, uh, mm. to, to where she is now is great. And seeing this new fire under her after that the other play match uh last week, uh, I'm I'm confident that she's gonna be the kind of the, the next the, the one of the next ones to, to really kind of progress on there because she she does like Aoife as her real name. Uh, she's got all the, the attributes. She's got everything that's there, and just I think it's just developing the character. I think that's that that's the thing that's gonna gonna take her on to the next bit. Uh, but in terms of uh, Dragunov and uh, Carmelo Hayes, uh, I'll take your word for it that it was a, an absolute banger of a match. But Gav, was there a match that was better than it? Um, well, after not seeing it, it's it's hard for me to argue against it. But um, <laughs> I my pick. For the backstage with the Andrade uh, Buddy Matthews match, uh, the opened collision on uh, on Saturday. Um, I f- I fucking love Andrade. By the way, like he's a piece. I, he's an absolute piece. He is. He is brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. And and the thing that I feel 
I feel for him is that he would be an absolute like megastar in in AEW if he if he didn't have like that that kind of barrier of uh, lack of lack of English basically to do like mm. promos and stuff like that. <clears throat> I think it's definitely holding him back, um, and it's you know it's it's not that it's it, it's something that will. Uh, it will never stop him from kind of progressing up the uh, up the card, but it see see. I just think that the effort that he puts in and the matches that he puts on are absolutely brilliant. He leathers people constantly, like he is an absolute unit. Um, I was quite happy when he when he came down to the ring because obviously the, the kind of storyline with this is that the House of Black stole his wee mask and he was raging about it and, uh, and he wanted it back. <laughs> And um, when he came down to the ring, he looked like he'd uh, dressed up as Damien Priest instead of his usual uh, kind of outfit that he'd on. Because he'd, he, for some apparent reason, he completely changed his whole ring gear. Uh, but it looked much better. He looked like a, a, like a, like a weird sorcerer guy. Um, but when he took it off, he had like the kind of uh, trousers and the kind of tank top, which I thought looked much better on him. Is a white suit that he wears. I, I mean, I, I think that's like quite a kind of classic Mexican um, luchador kind of uh, style, um, and I kind of get that. I get that that idea. There's that, like the whole idea of like luchadors working in a town and being like a hero, and they're always wearing suits. That's quite classic. Mm-hmm. But see his white suit that he wears. It, it looks like you, you know, like you go last minute. Uh, you got a Halloween party and you've got to go and get something. And you and your missus say, "Let's dress, let's dress up. You'll dress up as a gangster. I'll dress up as a gangster's <laughs> mall." And you get one of those, like it's in a wee plastic packet, and you get one of these suits. That's what it looks like. It's, it's never, it never fits him, and because it's like made to tear off. It's like they've never put the Velcro down properly on it. Aye, it's, every time he wears it, it's terrible. It's like he's at it looks like it's terrible. Army Scottish Cup final or something. He's got to throw a suit on, <laughs> pitch the night before <laughs> um, on a Sunday morning. That's um, not. It's not awful, man. I, I, I just, I, I think it always looks like the, the 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 clothes that you get on the action figures. You know, it's it's that kind of. It, it, it just looks like it's like <laughs> one, one, one piece of material. Uh, they, they, they can nip apart dead easy, but it's, it, right. it's the look that he's kind of cultivated uh, over the last wee bit. Well, I hope that I hope it changes now because now that he's come down with this different ring gear uh, and it looks a million times better, uh, I hope that's kind of what he stays with. Um, but the match, the match was just just brilliant. Um, he's He's a guy that throws himself about something awful. I mean, he does he does batter people, but he also um, he also does the work himself. Like he mm. throws himself around. There was a moment when he, he ran into the uh, the corner. There was a, a ladder set up in the corner, and when he hit it and went out the ring, he looked like you now when you fall off a cliff in GTA, Flips. your character just spins. <laughs> That's what he looked like. He was just like spinning into like oblivion. Um, it, and there were so many spots like throughout that match where they would tease something happening on a ladder and then pull away from it a wee bit, and then you would get the kind of payoff, and it was so good. One of the bits that I loved was um, Buddy Matthews uh, had to get his he had to get his arm uh, reset when he was outside because it was dislocated, Aye. and I know I noted there was no convulsing because you're not allowed to do that in AEW anymore. Aye, that's uh, in the band since, list. In the band list. Aye. So he just had to get it reset and then get back on, back on with the match. Um, 
but yeah, it's, um, I just thought it was full of big hits. Uh, the, the, the the high spots that were in it were were great. You know, the sunset bomb onto the ladders from outside with the two of them mm. kind of ragdolled was absolutely brilliant. I loved the kind of nod to the... Uh, uh, it kind of felt a little bit like the women's Money in the Bank match. Ah, that's what I was going to bring up there. Do you think it was maybe too soon after that really unique finish in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match to, to be pulling out the handcuffs in this one? Uh, or do you think they yeah, did I, it well enough to, to merit it? I actually think um, I think it's really nice to see them picking that up and if they are kind of copying it, you know, that's brilliant that they're they're copying something that went on in the uh, the women's match. Mm. Um, it shows the kind of level that uh, the women are producing and in WWE, so um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, it's, it's not the funny, first time that I mean, they've done that as well. Like the the first or one of the was the first episode of Collision when they fought each other. Uh, obviously, uh, Andrade's with Charlotte Flair, then uh, Buddy Matthews is with with the other play in, in real life, and they both did their partners' uh, submission moves in each other during that match as well, uh, which was uh, the last yeah. touch you had. Uh, you had Matthews doing the kind of the cloverleaf bomb thing that Rhea Ripley does, and uh, Andrade uh, put in the, the figure eight uh, on on Matthews in that one as well. He does so, that quite a lot, though. I think he uh, he does the figure eight quite quite a lot. Uh, I've seen him do that uh, more than more than once. Um, yeah, I just I, I thought it was a great match. I love Julia Hart like holding on to him at the top like it was a bucking bronco. Aye. She's like holding on to the back of him, and and, she, and <coughs> obviously the spots coming after that. And uh, she has to just stay up there, but it was so funny. She was just—you could just see her. She was like, "Oh my Christ, I better not fall here." Um, <laughs> but it was great, hard hitting. Just loved loved those two guys. I think they're really good, um, like hard hard workers. Um, and yeah, for me, it was uh, it was the one out of out of that episode of Collision. It was the the match that I loved the most. The the MGF um, Adam Cole and FTR match that kind of closed the show. It was good, but it was it just didn't feel it didn't feel like it got you off off your seat enough. Um, and yeah, I just obviously there's ladders involved and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more kind of theatrical in that sense. But yeah, I just loved it. I just love Andrade. I love everything that he's doing at the moment, and um, I just think that they keep they keep pushing them on. House of Black as well, like always quality. Every single member that's in that faction is absolutely brilliant. Um, so, so yeah, that was my pick. Good stuff. I I think you've you've made a really good case there for for that being the the match of the the week. So I'm going to give that one to you, Gav. And because of your enthusiasm uh, for that as well, the headline is going to be Pop Idolo because you've popped for Andrade El Idolo. And, it, <laughs> and when it's that when it's that down, it'll look like Pop Idol for me. But uh, so that's what we'll go with for the headline on that. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll give you guys a, a wee bit of a, a break here. Uh, sadly, uh, earlier in the week, uh, the sadist in sequins, Adrian Street, uh, passed away uh, on Sunday there. Uh, a man revered by uh, many and reviled by some uh, for his uh, controversial nature during the 70s and 80s in, in British wrestling. Uh, so I've put together a wee potted history uh, as a tribute to the trailblazing Welshman's career, and you can hear it now. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Born in Bryn Mawr, Wales on December 5th, 1940, Adrian Street's journey into the world of wrestling is nothing short of fascinating. From a very young age he found himself enamoured with the sport, captivated by the acrobatics and the showmanship that accompanied it. But Street's path to stardom wasn't easy. He faced numerous hurdles and prejudice just because of his appearance and flamboyant persona. You see, he defied traditional norms of masculinity, embracing androgynous fashion and makeup, which was uncommon in the rough and tumble world of wrestling in the 1960s and 70s. The son of a coal miner, Street's career took him way beyond what his humble background expected. Indeed, his relationship with his father was something that spurred him into the eclectic world of wrestling, but more as a middle finger to his dad than a thankful handshake. In an interview with HuckMag.com, Street said of his father, I didn't get the hero I thought I was going to get, the dad I expected to love me. Instead, I got a hateful bigot who never had a kind word to say about me in his life. When he came home from World War II and a prisoner of the Japanese, he didn't like me, and I disliked him very much too. Even then though, I tried making excuses for him, not that he ever deserved it and would blame the way he was towards me on the ordeal he'd suffered as a Japanese prisoner of war. But it was always fine to my older brother and sister. In another interview conducted by Scott Teal in his book The Wrestling Archive Project Volume 1, Adrian Senior would tell his son, I can't wait for you to leave school so you can work in the coal mines with me, then you'll know what it's like. Adrian would answer, I'm not working in a coal mine. To this his father would reply, if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. Adrian was taken out of school and worked in the mines for one year at the age of 15. He'd work six days a week, crawling through ten inches of ice-cold water in the dark, where his hands would be calloused and bloodied from wielding a pickaxe. However, Adrian wouldn't be covered by the black of the mines for long, as his passion for bodybuilding and boxing took him out of the pits and into the ring, where he eventually found the career that would set him apart from his father. And set him apart it did. Street quickly garnered attention for his charismatic personality, eccentric attire, and captivating in-ring performances. 
His signature face paint, colourful outfits and theatrical antics were not just for show, they were the reflection of his true self, breaking barriers and challenging stereotypes in the wrestling industry. Indeed, his flamboyant presence became his trademark, and he made sure his opponents and fans alike would never forget him. But it wasn't just about theatrics. Adrian was a skilled wrestler, incorporating a wide array of grappling techniques and aerial moves into his arsenal that were rarely seen at that time. Street's wrestling career took him all over the world, facing some of the biggest names in the business. He competed in various promotions including World of Sport in the UK and Jim Crockett Promotions in the US, where he showcased his talent and left an indelible mark on the industry. Adrian Street's performances resonated with fans across the globe. He became a fan favourite in England and a controversial figure in the States, where his unique persona stirred both admiration and controversy. His presence in wrestling has ignited debates about gender norms and expression. Some see him as a trailblazer, breaking boundaries, while others question his approach in the hyper-masculine world of wrestling. Through it all, Adrian Street remained unapologetically himself, proving that true success comes from staying true to one's identity and following one's passion, regardless of the challenges faced. Across his career, Street held championships and promotions including NWA Hollywood Wrestling, NWA Wrestle Birmingham, Mid-South Wrestling Association, Southeastern Championship Wrestling, and also achieved such luminary titles as the Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Best Gimmick in 1986, and was also number 171 on the PWI 500 in 1992. And in 1971, Street legitimately attacked television presenter and wrestler-cum-pedophile Jimmy Savile, after hearing the cigar-smoking, alleged necrophilic deviant bragging about having a sexual relationship with an underage girl. His impact on wrestling still resonates today, as wrestlers from all backgrounds continue to embrace their uniqueness and individuality in the sport. And with his passing on 24th of July at Cambrans Grange University Hospital aged 82, the Sadist and Sequins legacy will be honoured and upheld in community centres, arenas and stadiums for decades to come. So imagine what I could do to you. Mm. I could tear a telephone directory in two Bending iron bars is something else that I can do I always pick my teeth with the nearest billiard cue So imagine what I could do to you mm. To see my many attributes won't need a second glance You know if you resisted, you just wouldn't stand a chance I can knock a hole right through a solid concrete wall I can pull a tree out by its roots and that's not all Now you know about me, you don't need a crystal ball To tell you just what I could do to you Mmm I thought of something already To see my many attributes Won't need a second glance And you know if you resisted You just wouldn't stand a chance I can crush a house brick With one movement of my hand And laugh while I reduce it To a dusty heap of sand I got a splendid figure When I make my chest expand So imagine what I could do to you 
see it. That was uh, our uh, daft sheet tribute to uh, to the late great Adrian Street, uh, and uh, I did not think at any point today when I was uh, putting the podcast together that the words uh, alleged necrophiliac deviant uh, would be coming out of my mouth uh, twice in the one day. Now, uh, so there we go. Uh, but to move on from uh, from that kind of thing, uh, we will go to. Page three uh, of this week's daft sheet, uh, which is the most titillating gossip of the week. Uh, Gav, we'll come to you first. Uh, what would you like to be the Linda Lusardis uh, of this week's uh, this week's daft sheet? Linda Lusardi. Well, that's, a, that's an image to I, conjure up in your head. I know. I was, I was trying. Um, I was while, while I was saying Linda Lusardi, I was trying to think of uh, more recent uh, page three models. Uh, and then when I was thinking, PC stop. When I stopped, probably when I stopped talking to you. It's probably not talking to me anymore. Uh-huh, but fourteen years ago, stop. That's it. Used to go. If you get, do you get the Sunday? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Let's have a sit down and have a look. Aye. And that was it. We would yep. have a discussion about page three, and then we'd go up and sell people massively <laughs> overpriced phone plans. That and that was our life. That was that. Morally that corrupt. That's what we were. That's what it was. And it, on on occasion, we'd chuck in dear to this photo casebook for for the wee bit of shits and giggles as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, Keely Hazel, there's one. Keely Hazel. We could we could have set up for the for the for the younger. Googling this at the moment. Is no, that, no, is that just what you're that, doing? I was searching Pete's Pete's No, I was. I'd been watching Ted Lasso uh, a few weeks ago, and I was like, I recognise that face. Uh, just the face, ah, uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's Kelly Hazel. She, she's that." That's it. And, and again, I think uh, we we Lewis's age, Linda Lasardi is probably a bit of a stretch uh, for him. So I thought, no, <laughs> but, but we'll bring in the youth. We'll bring in the tick. The, bring in the TikTok generation sure, with Kelly Hazel. Uh, <laughs> but there, there we go. So Gav, who is who is who's your Kelly this week? So. I'm thinking about like this idea of gossip and rumours and things that, that aren't aren't reality. Um and I've kind of settled in this idea of what like what's going on with all in. Like I I'm I've got my tickets, I'm looking forward to it, like it's um it's definitely like uh, like I'm in my head I'm just like building up, building up, building up, it's gonna be amazing, can't wait for it. But I, I just I, I can see a couple of storylines playing out there, but I just think like they, they need to get a wriggle on if they're going to start building stuff uh, for it. I was convinced we were going to see MJF and Adam Cole uh, fighting for the title at it. Now I think that because of because what they're doing is going so well. I, I, I just don't. I don't see them messing that up at the moment. I see them pushing it for a wee bit longer, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that was the plan. Uh, but also the way that that's playing out, you're like, who's going to screw who over? I, I can't. I can't see who's going to do it because they're leaning quite heavily into MGF doing it. Um, but I think that that's a bit of a red herring. Um, and the other thing that, that I find hilarious with it is poor Roderick Strong just keeps popping in every week with his <laughs> neck brace on like that. 
uh, Adam and kind of saying he's bad news and then he fucks off and then there'll be another week where he'll pop in comes in from the side Adam I don't trust him you should just come back in every week with just a new injury and just be fully injured by the end of it That's it. I think he's 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 the the person that sold the longest injury in AEW. I think. Ah, you know, good just, luck. Just in that, that it's unreal. Oh, he's, he's mad eye. <laughs> Five years ago. It's unreal. It's just the way that they wheel him in. It's it's hilarious. Like he just comes in from the side, and you're like, oh, this guy again. How you doing? Um, so I, there's obviously something's going to play out there, but I, I just don't think it's the right time. Like, what are they going to do? Right, that's it's. it's Three weeks. They've got roughly three weeks now um, mm. until um, until the like is pretty much the everything will be set for all in. I just don't know unless they spin that really quickly. Um, and so I thought that that's what was going to happen. And I never thought they were going to win the titles from FTR because I definitely see that FTR will be fighting uh, Bullet Club Gold, a faction which. I have never, in all all of my time watching wrestling, I have never done such a three sixty on a, 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 a like a group of wrestlers than I have with them. Like, mm. see, just Robinson when he first came in, I was like, this guy's an absolute bell end, and he is unbelievable. He's just brilliant. Absolutely, he's, he's still him. he's still a bell end, but he's like the best version of being a bell end, and that I think that's what's making oh. him so so entertaining. He's ever everything about him is just brilliant. Like his physicality is amazing. Like the way that he sells is amazing. Like even just like see when he's doing like his bang bang gang stuff and he's like putting his fingers up in there. Just the way that he holds himself when he does that is just he looks so unhinged and mm. just like absolutely out as not it's just he's he's just perfect and he did um this week when uh, they had the, the fight with uh bullet club uh uh the club, and... which was which was amazing bringing them into that faction like that was such a good move doing that because they were the perfect for it um he went i noticed he uh, just robinson went back to his tights recently he's been wearing um he's been wearing trunks which i don't think suits his legs uh, his legs look really weird, like with with trunks on. He looks far better with, you know, he's got those kind of uh, almost like um, Rick Rude, aye, aye, uh, tights. I think he looks way better, way better in them. But they, they're. I just hope they have that that uh, that rematch uh, at all, and I think that'll be absolutely amazing uh, to see um, Bullet Club Gold and, and FTR go at it again because that was one of the matches of the year uh, when they fought. But I mean that that's that's twice in the in the last month that they've already fought each other. Is and of the one was the eliminator and one was the championship match. Do you think do you think yeah. they, they can take it to a third? Do you think there's there's a do you think there's a, a, a business case to take it to a third with them? Uh yeah, I, I think I think what they did in the last fight um really opened people's eyes up a little bit as to what they can produce and I, I think there's absolutely an argument that they should be getting a third uh, a third match um, I see the titles going to uh, Bullet Club Gold, I think they, they I think they deserve them, like it's it's definitely a, a, a kind of faction that's kind of up and coming and I think they can they can do something really good uh, with those uh, titles so, uh, so I, you don't I think see that's Big Bill and Brian on. Cage taking the, the belts uh, this week in Collision? 
No, not at all. I, 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 see, with, see with Big Bill, I love Big Bill. I think the way that they've kind of reworked him slightly um, from um, him being... Was he called W.M. Morrissey or was he just called W. Morrissey? Hey, w. Morrissey. W.M. Morrissey. Um, I, I like his kind of rework to being called Big Bill. I think he looks great. Like he's, I like the fact that... Do you, know, do you know what I always laugh at? I always joke to my mate about this. Um, how he? So I, I like the fact that Big Bill's big. And he's he's one of the big guys that's in uh, AEW. Uh, the thing I always laugh about is that they they spend so much time talking about how big Wardlow is, and he's like six foot one. He's like not even he's not even that like tall. They talk about him as being like a bit of a monster, and he's not really a monster. Um, I mean, he's obviously like a, a kind of big guy in terms of build, but I like the fact that Big Bill's just like an absolute unit. Smashes through people, but I'm not a big fan of Brian Cage. I think he looks like a a character you might have uh, built in a uh, a video game when you were like a wee guy, not when you were like a, a more refined wrestling fan. Um, it, it reminds me of call. like a a, a default class. <laughs> it's or uh, I, I was thinking more, not how like if you went to like Wishy Market. Uh, and uh, they had like knockoff Street Fighter toys and stuff. It looks like a, a wee uh, knockoff Zangief uh, for Street Fighter. Uh, as... yeah, he's, he's a funny, funny looking guy, man. It's like he's a, he's, he's just like a massive cliche. Just he, looks is like he a as well? Cliche. Like there, there's been photos doing the rounds of maybe it must be about ten years ago when he, he used to tag team with whatever Eli, uh, whatever the LA Knight was was wrestling under uh, back then in the tag team. And he's just a skinny wee dude. He's just a skinny wee, skinny wee guy. And then you, you look up now, and he's like the the, the it's thing. Like Bayern, I know. It's he's like just he, he's buying a wrestler for BNM or something. It's like, but now it's <laughs> he's figure. obviously got a number off of somebody down the gym. Like that's that's what we can establish from that. Uh, he's tacked on. He's tacked on mass. Mm. He, he has tacked on mass. Uh, but in terms of uh, the 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 way that. You know, you're saying about MJF and, and Adam Cole. Uh, we we spoke earlier on about them them hot shot in a a title feud between MJF and Punk. Do you think at this moment in time, Tony Khan knows what the end go, the end game is with uh, with with Cole and MJF, or do you think he's gonna give us a bit of fan service and keep it long running longer than maybe he initially anticipated? Um, I. I think that originally it was something that was designed to kind of fill the gap uh, with Punk coming back. And I think what's happened is it's it's like a beautiful accident that's happened. Mm. And they've gone, oh, this is this is a bit special. Uh, and the thing, I, the thing I like about it was is that it, I think it really shows like a different side of MJF. Like, you know, he's, he's renowned for doing these... Um, these stinging promos and kind of being like really aggressive and like conniving and stuff like all of that kind of stuff. But you know, this whole kind of more light-hearted side to him, I think's it's really good. It's shown like the versatility that he's got, and it's I I, I think Tony Khan's quite has been quite surprised at how people have kind of um, taken it and 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 just love it now uh and i, I think he realizes that he can't he, he can't really get rid of it at the moment um but especially with the merch sales as well wrestling. like the the better than you baby t-shirt and the double clothesline t-shirt although i think they're the one and two top sellers uh 
been on AEW shop or whatever that is uh, this year. Uh, and they've only been about for about you know three four weeks, so it's it's definitely resonating with the crowd. And uh, I know that a bit a big worry amongst uh, fans that are going to all in is that the the merch situation isn't going to be particularly great, given what it's like in America. Uh, would you be looking to pick up any t shirts or anything like that when you're there uh, yourself, Gav? There was that. So my my number one. Uh... Uh, Icon is probably the apt word to use of all time is Sting he is for me sits at the top of the pile like um, and there was loads of rumours about him ending his career at, um, at All In which I don't think is going to happen now nah they've not built it enough I, I fantasised about him having like this last match there and I would see him I would see him end his career there and then that was it like life life is complete mm. um but they had an absolute brilliant Sting T-shirt uh, on the AEW shop about it was a, it was about a month ago, and it's not there anymore. It was like a really kind of retro kind of eighties like quite neon type T-shirt, and they've taken it they've taken it away now. And I've I've uh, I had a look to see uh, if there's anything worth ordering to kind of take with me um, to the show, but. I'm not a massive fan of the stuff that I've I've seen up there. There's an absolutely I don't know if it, if either of you have seen the the oh what's his name again? Yes, Kenny Omega. Um, what's his name? Uh, Is it one of the Street Fighter ones? Uh, it's the one where he's he's topless. It's like a painting, an oil painting with with him and um. Oh, who was his old manager? Don I can't remember his name. Don Callis, I, I just names gone out of my head. Uh, there's like a picture of the two of them uh, wearing like uh, jeans and they're topless, but they're like like over the top eighties kind of Schwarzenegger type bodies. I, I'm, I'm looking it at it right now. Absolutely it's, brilliant. I, I was thinking it was going to be like it was a like Viggo the Carpathian for Ghostbusters <laughs> too, uh, but it's uh, it's maybe even better than that. Uh, it's you, you talk about Brian Cage's physique. Boof. Look at Don Callis in that, Jesus! Oh, it's amazing! It's such a, it's such a, and it's like a weird piece as well because there's nothing else that's like it. It just sits there on the AEW shop. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, I, there's not the only other T-shirt that I love that they've got is they've they've got a, a, an orange Cassidy one that's like bright orange and it's got like his kind of thumb white line art drawn character. Um, on it, which looks really good, uh, but they might do some special stuff when, when we get there. And, it'll be everything. Uh, everything will be covered in Union it. Jacks. That's what it'll be. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> the lowest common denominator stuff. Everything covered in Union Jacks. Uh, it'll be it'll be telephone boxes and taxis and uh, sending immigrants back. All that kind of Tory pish. Beefeater uh, hats. Beefeater hats. <laughs> Uh, it'll be ridiculous, but it'll, it'll, it'll sell. It'll sell. Uh, so from I think all in general, in, so I think I think in general, all in. Uh, and Lewis kind of talked about this earlier on a wee bit. Um, I don't think anybody really has got a vision as to what's going to happen at it. And the weird thing about it is, you've got that, and then right up, up the back of it is all out, which is really weird that they've kind of uh, they've put the two of them together. And I think it's probably just. Uh, the opportunity came for them to get Wembley, and it's maybe just that's how it's mm-hmm. kind of worked mm-hmm. out in terms of how they've been able to book that venue. But um, 
it's going to it's going to be a hundred miles an hour, and and this is so this is this is a criticism that I have of VW sometimes is I feel that they're they're quite pacey in how they build things up. Um, like see any time uh, any time they've done Forbidden Door, and it, there is a lot, a lot of elements involved in Forbidden Door where they can't really spend long times uh, like long weeks doing like promos and stuff like that just because of the nature of the people that are involved in it. But see Forbidden Door, like the the last one that was there, everything was set up like the week before. And you just felt like there was no room to breathe. There was no room to kind of take things on board and kind of build anticipation. It was just like, oh, fuck, all of this is happening. Mm. And it was just like, just mad. It was just all chucked at you. Uh, And that's my worry for for All In. Um, It just feels like it's going to go 100 miles an hour. Bang, 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 bang. These people are fine. I mean, another thing as well is you've got to kind of take into consideration that uh, Brian Danielson getting injured is is probably kind of upset the apple cart yeah. a wee bit there as well. There was probably plans for him uh, for all in, but yeah, it's um, it's not going to take away from the show. You know, I'm still still really looking forward to it, um, but I just um, it is weirdly this this section is about gossip and there's very little. Aye, there's, there's not a lot around it. I mean, the, I think the. The, the most gossip lovely thing that I've seen of it is the potential that it's going to be uh, Chris Jericho taking on Will Osprey, uh, which would be, I don't know if that would be many people's first pick for the, an Osprey match at, at Wembley, but uh, if that's what's, uh, what's due to happen, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. It's got uh, to be Omega. They've got to book Omega and they've got to book but, um, Osprey together for the, for the trilogy. But I think there's a lot of question marks over what's the... the New Japan event that uh, happens before G1. It. Yeah. Um so there's a lot of questions as to whether or not that's gonna cause problems. Uh but yeah. Aye. Big question mark at the moment. I'll begin it. Hopefully things will become a bit clearer uh on Dynamite and Collision this week, uh as we, we build up towards all in. Uh Lewis, uh in terms of yourself, what are what's uh I'm I'm not gonna go through page three girls again. Uh what what are you uh what are you putting on page three um, for this week? I'll, I'll go on the other side. As a clear divide between an AEW fan and a WWE fan uh, on this show this week, I think. So I'll go back to the back to the well and I'll talk about the the other show this week. Uh don't know if any of you have heard, but SummerSlam on Saturday. I'll talk about some of the rumours returns anything that I might think think might might occur first I'll start with uh, not so much rumours anymore it's kind of been cemented that Rhea Ripley probably not going to be on the show uh, maybe in some capacity with the Judgment Day but her match has been pretty much next for for Raw in a couple of weeks uh, same with Becky Lynch so I think I think it's regressing with the women's division here I think there's a couple of matches that They'll probably look mm. at Logan Paul Ricochet thinking, how can he be on it with the women's World Heavyweight Champions not, considering she's been arguably the biggest women's star since The Man. And then The Man's also not on it as oh, well. She's so over. So, so yeah, over. starting with that, it's I think that's a bit unfair with the good work she's done across all brands um, in the past year, year and a half, however long she's she's been mammy. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a bit... A bit interesting. I don't know your take on that. Aye, it's 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 a weird one considering 
you know, that she is so popular, you know, not not just on the on the television shows, but on social media over the last wee while. She's really been getting a big following. Uh she's been making uh, making a bit of a mark on that with the the wee kind of the non secretors that she's thrown out, you know, I wouldn't uh the riding uh, Dirty <laughs> Dom, uh even the, the clips from uh, uh from NXT uh, uh like with Sean Michaels, you know, the, the wee bit uh, that they had there. Uh she she called one of the, the masked guys oh, down man. in uh NXT Batman uh there as well. So, you know, she's doing she's doing all the right things. She's doing everything you would expect of of a superstar carrying that belt, but uh, just for whatever reason, keeping it off SummerSlam does seem to be a bit of a, a pishy situation. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll move on to the the man I've been searching on WB Shop and Etsy and everywhere for a t-shirt um, for the last week, LA Knight. Yeah, um, he's he's yeah. been thrown into a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a predicament into his, pretty much his own match. I think that's probably why Rhea Ripley's been took off the show. Got to throw a wee ball right on there for LA Knight to win, um, or to get his moment, because realistically he's been he's been shot on for the past uh, few months, not getting on WrestleMania. Obviously, the, mm-hmm. the shit show, the Royal Rumble, um, all the other shows he's not been on, Payback, um, Backlash. Sorry, um, was that his last pay per view match? Bray Wyatt probably. Was the, the, was the Wyatt match than, his last pay per view match? Money in the Bank, but last singles pay per view match. Um, ah. Our only pay per view match, Jeez. really, uh, on the main roster has been on um, Royal Rumble. So they've got that happening, but I think <laughs> as much of a fan I am as LA Knight, biggest fan, um, I think it would be absolutely brilliant for him to be the last one in the ring, everyone cheering, and Dominic Mysterio to just throw him over. I think that would be perfect heat on him. Oh, it'd be the booze would be. And I think that's something. Something. If you're listening, Triple H, book it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I've got it is. Yeah, I've um, Think it's intentional though that they're they're pushing this out, uh, uh, like in this way, because everybody expected them to kind of win money in the bank, didn't they? they thought that was going to yeah that was going to happen, but. Do you think that it's like a it's like a conscious thing where they're they're going? They're, it's almost like they're going. No, no, not yet. We need to. We need to like squeeze this title yeah, out like yeah. a, a lot more. I'd say it could be. We, it could be. Um, given that moment. However, you know, with everyone, there's only a there's only a short shelf life of everyone being up to the peak of excitement. Um, I think it's a different one to Cody with LA Knight because Cody's been a, a star for longer, so or on a mainstream star for longer. So I think he can wait that extra year before he finishes his story, so to speak. However, I think they need to capitalise on LA Knight now. I think the thing with Money in the Bank is, looking back on it, there is more of a story with the Judgment Day than there would be with LA Knight carrying that briefcase. So I think that's probably the only reason they've done that. They've kind of drowned out the noise of the fans. They've given us that that LA Knight touching the briefcase, a way to win it, and then took it away from us. They've took it away from us with the US title. And I, I feel like this is just his, his moment now to get a little, a little victory and, like you're saying, carry on the momentum and drag out a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably probably the right thing they've done, even though it's pissed off a, a fair amount of fans. Other than that, yeah, la- um, last thing I'll speak about: just a couple of returns potential. I'll throw them, throw them by you. See what you guys think. 
the potential of them coming. Um, the Rock, what do you think? Percentage chance? Mm, don't know. Don't know. Pretty low, I'd say. Or would would that? So how would he? That's the thing. Grayson Waller effect. We kind of touched on it last week. Bloodline stuff. Uh, throw him in the battle royal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, nah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, we attraction from the Rock eh, on the biggest part of the summer. That's probably one of the main one of the would, outside chances, though. Would would the Rock being on SummerSlam go against him supporting the SAG-AFTRA stickers? Would that be? I, I know that there's no like unions and stuff like that with, with wrestlers and stuff, but. With him being so Hollywood and then being on a massive production like SummerSlam, would that would that contradict his, his stance on on standing up for the the writers and yeah, what not? Probably say so. Him him st- standing up for all that and then going onto mainstream television would probably probably be a bit a bit off there. But The Rock does what The Rock wants. Hmm. Hi, it does, and I'm sure Vince would. Be- I don't know. I don't know if they need him. Like that, that I think the the stories that are that are sitting currently in SummerSlam are are strong enough without having the Rock turn up. Um, you know, like you've got that kind of ending of what's going on with the Bloodline. If it is the ending, but like that, the the, the Civil War piece that, that that happened, and then the the kind of build up to the match. That, that SummerSlam is like perfect. I don't unless he gets involved in that in some way and it sets up something with him and Roman. I, I don't know, um, but I just I, I just don't think it needs it. Yeah, I think it's sure. it's got enough good stories in it. Um, and then the last one, last little last cool, little cool. return potentially Bray Wyatt. Is he is he interesting enough right now? Is he back at all? Where would you throw him in? Is is that more of a, a likely one? Uh, I mean, there's been talk. There's been talk that, or certainly I've seen that, why it might get chucked in to the Cody mix, like why it might be the next the next chapter in the in the story that Cody's determined to finish. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I, I think I'm done yeah. on it. I think I'm done on the whole. Is that Cody's bag though? Does Cody want to fight? Fight like that kind of spooky? Um, somebody with that kind of kind of gimmick. I, I just I don't know if that's Cody's uh, Cody's preference, and it feels a lot like Cody's driving things and being able to mm-hmm. kind of um, steer his direction. And I just I, I just don't think he'll. He's never really kind of looking at a lot of his stuff. He's never really kind of leaned into that, has he? He's, he's He's more about um, having yeah. like classic wrestling matches. Aye, with like people that, aye, like he's not. He doesn't really like that the- overly theatrical style. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Bray Wyatt's somebody that I just think when he was coming, when he came back, and the whole Uncle Howdy stuff, I was really excited in some way because I thought, oh, he's going to do something completely different, and. It was just the same old stuff. Uh, it wasn't great. Which, but what I'll do, Lewis, uh, is I will I'll see your Ebony Wyatt and I'll raise your Randy Orton. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one, isn't it? I, I, I think I think Orton, if, if anybody's going to come back and make an impact, and again, you know, 
putting him in there in a storyline with Cody after Cody's done with Brock. Yep. That's that, that's a great next next bit uh, to to go on to with him. So so that's I, I would I would hope if there's going to be any comeback, it's Orton. Because again, I think on Raw last night there was a really weird like Matt Riddle like lost clean Kaiser, to one of Imperium. Yeah. And you're maybe th- you're maybe thinking is is Orton going to come man. back and be involved with Riddle somehow? But I, I think I think a storyline with Cody would be would yep. be far better uh, on that. Cool, cool. Now, uh, in terms of that, because both of these have come in with predictions and and rumours about uh, the the biggest uh, upcoming shows for both of the the big companies, I can't spot these. Can't spot these on there. Uh, so I'm gonna go with a headline that encapsulates the both of you. Uh, I'm all in for a summer of the slams. There we go. That'll do. Uh, that'll do. Getting tired now. Getting tired now. Uh, so we'll just we'll just chuck that in. Uh, and before we we leave uh, for this week, we're gonna get to the TV pages. Uh, so uh, Gav, I'll come to you first on this one here. In fact, actually, the, the two of you have kind of given me the, the same thing. Uh, which leads nicely from the last thing we were talking about, which is the Cody documentary that aired on Peacock last night. Uh, what are your guys' takes on on what you've seen or what you've not seen of it so far? Um, I'd say that, yeah, I, I've seen a trailer. <laughs> <I've>, like <laughs> that's all I've seen because I really wanted to watch it and I thought it was going to be on the network, but um, obviously it's exclusive to Peacock, and I, I was really disappointed because I guess I didn't really pay attention to kind of. I just naturally assumed it would be in the network. And then I was like, oh, Christ, it's like... I've yeah, I've, I've seen a little bit of it, yeah. I've... He does love talking about himself. That's a good thing about a Cody Rose documentary, I'd say. He can talk for hours about himself. But um, I'd say one of the main <laughs> bits on it was it, it does touch, touch a lot on Dusty and his home life. Um, it talks about how he wasn't really there for his first set of children. He was always on the road. He didn't really get to do the sort of, sort of the, dad, the dad stuff. Um, however, he really wanted to make it right with Cody and um, the other, his other, his, his daughter, I think. Um, so it shows them at Christmas. It shows them Cody coming to um, his WCW Hall of Fame, um, and Cody talks about how his earliest memory is Dusty placing him on the mat at WrestleMania. So it's quite, it's quite wrestling orientated. But then it's, it's got other parts of it for people who. Maybe, like, I'm sure, I don't know if Grado mentioned this, must be months ago, about just, or it was someone saying that they, even if their missus came to to look at it, they would get intrigued by other parts of it. You know, it wasn't just wrestling, it talked about the whole drama of his family life, mm-hmm. everything like that. So it had a good balance of it, and um, Gav, when you get around to watching it, I think you'll enjoy it, if, if you ever find out where it is. <coughs> Yeah, I went to see last night. It was, it was quite funny. There was a thing on YouTube. You know, some things go up on YouTube really quickly before they get taken down. And uh, there was one that looked like it was... I, I looked at it and I was like, right, it's two hours long. That's got to be it. Like, it, And it went up like two two hours before I'd clicked on it. So I went, this is it. So I pressed play and it played the trailer and I thought, well, oh, I'll just introduce it <laughs> before they actually play it. And then it was just two hours of like a, a, a static image that said a blast, link in the that. description below <laughs> and I was like oh, for fuck's sake yeah so I think it'll probably make its way onto the network like eventually mm. Cody's not <clears throat> I like him and I don't like him like 
I don't like the fact that he's he's just can talk about himself for hours and hours and hours and hours, which is probably a bad way to go into a documentary about him. <laughs> but uh, I, I, do you know what? I think his story's brilliant. I think he's got such an interesting story. Like, and um, I, I just love to see. Like, uh, apparently, it talks quite a lot about AEW um, in it as well. So it's not like it kind of ignores that. Um, I'd like to see kind of what it goes into in AEW because I I was. I was a bit un- like unimpressed with his journey in AEW. Um, I think he did an awful lot behind the scenes, mm. and he steered it in the right direction. But in terms of like his output as a performer in AEW, I, I, I don't know. I just don't think he, he really. He just didn't really feel like he was fully there. He kind um, of painted himself in a, a corner the with the whole not uh, not challenging for the. The, the world title. That, I think that really kind of stymied his, his storyline growth because, you know, and, and that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty much why they, they invented the, the TNT title. But he, he, he did have a kind of weird run. You know, he, he, he obviously had the, the matches with, with Brody Lee uh, around the TNT title, which are kind of tinged with a bit of sadness now, uh, considering the, the Brody's last match. Uh, and uh, he also uh, made Shaq vanish from the earth uh, as well. Uh, so, because uh, there, there was no payoff to that, there was no, there was all the build and no payoff to it uh, afterwards as well. And then, obviously, you know, going back to the WWE uh, in his his first year, this is kind of cut short with, with his tip falling off. Um, so he's, you know, he's it's. His more recent years are interesting in a very different way to the, the years previous. You know, after he left WWE the first time, went and did all the indies, all that kind of stuff as well. So, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to trying to, try to find it and trying to find two hours to, to 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 spend on it as well. Yeah, hopefully it makes its way to the network. If it does that, then um, then I'll be less grumpy about it because I'll, I'll be thinking, what am I paying? the money for every single month if I can't watch one of the biggest documentaries that's see, like, see this is the thing but like you, 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 you're such a company man that you know you're on BT whereas you can get Peacock and Sky you can also get, get it on um, at different sources well um, <laughs> legally of <No>. course <laughs> <laughs> the, apparently yeah so Peacock's part of Now TV which I have uh, so I went hunting for it on that last night as well, and it didn't. Uh, it's only got a certain amount of stuff uh, that's on it. So uh, yeah, I just I just gave up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I need to. I need to go up the barras and see if anybody's got like a, a DVD of it. Dallas will have it. Somewhere. Dallas will have it in ICW stand. It's up there on my Saturday morning. I'll be panning up. Something they may also have is it. <laughs> uh, so I obviously you guys have talked about the same thing on here. So I'm going to offer up one other wrestling thing that you might want to watch. You. Uh, Cody's, Cody's going to win this one. So, again, I think it's a draw overall for you guys on, on this week's show. Uh, but one other wrestling-related thing, which isn't necessarily wrestling, uh, that, that's what my T-shirt's going to be. I decided that during the week. If we get to the stage where we can get a T-shirt on Spreadshirt.com, it's just going to have a T-shirt that says wrestling-related, but not necessarily wrestling. That's the one, uh, That's what's going to be in the, the front of it. And the, and the kind of the, the Andy Kaufman wrestling T-shirt kind of font as well. I've got it all, I've got it all picked out. Uh, but the thing that I, would, I was going to recommend uh, is uh, Heels Season 2. Again, good segue. You know, Stephen Amell's a good uh, friend of Cody Rhodes. 
uh, not so much a friend of the striking actors in Hollywood going by his comments today. Uh, but uh, but Heel Season 2 started uh, last week, I think. Uh, it was I watched the first episode of the second series of it on, on Friday night. Uh, and it's still as soap opera bunkum as the first series was. Uh, but still, if you're a wrestling fan, it's still pretty watchable. I don't know if any of you guys seen any season one no, or, to, or any I'll of have it to catch at all. Up on it. No, I've not seen no. it either. No. So it's basically heels. It's the story of uh, Jack and Ace Spade. <laughs> Fucking hell! Like talking about it out loud sounds ridiculous. Uh, but as a wrestling fan, though, like when you hear names like that, you go, oh, yeah, "Aye, right. like, There's not a part of you goes. Those names are ridiculous. You go, I can see that working. I yeah. But it's it's it. I mean, in the first in the first season of it, I think every episode started with it came up like a disclaimer almost. It came up and said like it would come heels and then a, 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 a dictionary definition almost saying a heel was a bad guy in wrestling. <laughs> that's is that the one? Is, um, is that the one where AJ, uh, AJ Lee and CM Punk make an appearance? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, so. So yeah, Punk was in a few episodes in the first series as this veteran that they would get in to kind of pop the crowd, basically boost uh, boost crowds at the the DWL, the Duffy Wrestling League, uh, which is the promotion that uh, Jack Spade inherited from his dad, King Spade, uh, after uh, after his uh, suicide. Uh, so this so basically the first season was all about how uh, Jack was the the older son that inherited the the league and had to. Uh, keep it running, uh, while Ace was the young upstart, younger brother that King never wanted Ace to be a wrestler, but after his death, he get into it, uh, and basically Ace becomes the Ace. Ace becomes the one that everybody wants. He's the one that's going to get signed by WWE. Uh, they mention about him going up north and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so it kind of the, the the first season kind of ended with all that being in the balance. Uh, season two started the other week there. Uh, and it was almost as if it was the pilot for the first series was playing out as the first episode of the second because it goes into you know it's about the the suicide and how they they get the basically how Jack and Ace come together to keep the the DWL running. Uh, but it's it's watchable if you're a wrestling fan. There's a lot in it that you'll take out of it. The the CM Punk cameos are pretty good in it. Uh, in the first scene of this season, he's cutting about drinking a Bud Light, which. If you know anything about CM Punk being straight edge, it's it's a wee bit of a boy popper on there. And I think later on in the series, uh, AJ Lee uh, makes an appearance in the ring as well. Because uh, there's a, I can't remember what the, the girl's name is, but basically there's a, a girl that's been a valley throughout the first series and she becomes a, a legit wrestler, but there's no other women for that they fight. Mm-hmm. So AJ Lee's coming in uh, to do that as well. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, uh, so yeah, I would I would recommend that, but I'd probably try and seek out the Cody documentary first. Uh, so yeah, that kind of concludes this week's daft sheet. Uh, as I was saying earlier on, I think it's been pretty much a tie uh, between yourself, uh, Lewis and Gav. So on the front page, uh, what did we have? We went for uh, Grade A, Grade O, and Double J get the internet. All in a fluster or whatever it was, I can't remember what it was. Then they write it down. Uh, for the back page, uh, the Andrade and Matthews ladder match had the headline "Pop Idolo." Uh, for page three, uh, we had uh, "I'm All In" for the Summer of the Slams. Uh, for the two years talking about Summer Slam and All In, and the Cody documentary is going to win the TV pick 
there as well. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for, for joining me, guys. Uh, Gav, it was great having you on. We'll definitely have you back on. Uh, if I'd known 15 years ago that you were into your wrestling as much as that, uh, I'd have probably talked about it a lot more as we were selling dodgy phones to dodgy customers. Uh, it's a secret society. You don't talk about it. Like it's it's one of these things that just sits underneath underneath everything, and then Hi. somebody will give you a bit of a nod. You don't know what I say anything until somebody you you, you, you weave it in there. Okay. It's like oh, it's like what the wrestling I used to watch back in the day, and then they'll say a wrestler. It's a little bit new, and you'll go, you watch it. You watch it. <laughs> or they'll say Yo. they'll say something like or the chairs deal. The chairs deal. They'll use a word like pop. <laughs> Or something like that, right? And then you'll go, how do you know that word? You know, I know, it's a way that you know that word. Just look. They'll call somebody a mark, and you'll be like, I know, I know, I know who you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's those wee tells, it's those wee tells that the, the Discord uh, chat is full of guys that are probably like that as well. So if you're listening and you haven't already signed up to the, the Wrestling Daft Discord, just do it, do it. It's good fun. There's good, good crack in there. Uh Although it's gone a bit quiet recently, it's got it's not it's not been as busy as what it was uh, when when JC seventy two was coming in and and shitting and everything <laughs> like Jim Cornette. Uh It's kind of died down a wee bit. Uh, occasionally, that been Grado are in there, probably in there more now than they are on the main show. Oof. Shots fired. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, hopefully there is a wrestling daft main show this week. Uh, again, as we, we said earlier on. John, very, very busy with, with Hugh Keevans these days. Uh, so uh, that might be taking his uh, attention elsewhere. Uh, but I uh, sign up to the, the Discord, sign up to the Patreon, go to spreadshop.com or whatever the, the site is for that to get your uh, your future daft sheet t-shirt if, if we can get it made. Uh, and uh, however you enjoy your wrestling over the next week, make sure you keep it daft and make sure you keep it sheety. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.